You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast with your hosts, Robert Gowan, Mike Pretz, Kat Kalin, Jason Dickinson, and Brian Colt. Scott is, of course, over in Australia. Oh, okay. Paul is down in Panama. Okay. So as I mentioned on the show, we've got myself, former Army, Paul Martinez, 3rd Bat, uh, 75th Ranger Regiment, and Scott Kinder, former 5th Group Guy. So on with this is uh, Nate Weber and Nate's former, well, actually, Active Duty 10th Group, and still doing that, and now part of Team USA bobsled team. Man, you just got back from a, like a worldwide tour, it seems like, and, and running over Austria, I think, was the last place where you guys were at? Yeah, Austria was the last place. Uh, we've we've hit five uh, five races so far. We have seven to qualify for the Olympics. So after Christmas, we'll head back over to Germany, hit up Switzerland, and then they'll uh, they'll name the Olympic team. Hopefully, I'm on it. Oh man, I, I got a feeling you will. Now, so you're doing both three man and two man though, right? Uh, four four man and two man. Four man and two man. Uh, I'm sorry. Yep, haven't haven't been doing any two man this year uh, so far because the other two guys on my sled have been pretty successful, but. Uh, you know, patient, patiently waiting and doing doing the best I can in four man. So it's it's been a it's been a wild ride, and we're doing pretty well this year. You got to tell me how the hell did you end up getting into bobsledding in the first place? Uh, well, it was it was actually while I was going through the uh, the Q course, the special force qualification course. I uh, I had a buddy who had a barracks room near where we were doing some training, and we go we go up to his place at lunch, and uh, this was before the time of smartphones. So you know. I had I, I had a magazine I picked up while I was using his bathroom, and uh, I read about a guy who won a gold medal in 2010. And I thought, man, if this guy can go and win a gold medal, I can I can make the team because he started three years before, and then he won a gold medal in the in the 2010 Olympics. So you know, I took I took a shit and it changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Now that's an awesome story. So I guess you made it through Q course and everything as well. Yep. Made it, made it through that. And then, uh, you know, made it, made it through some bobsled gates as well. So, yeah. <laughs> then you started going and working out right away and told the military, Hey, you told the army, all right, this is going to be a, a little side job here. And how did you end up where 10th group was allowed, you know, gave you that kind of flexibility? Um, well, so actually one, one of the people, uh, who was an instructor of mine in the Q course, he, he came to 10th group after I'd been there for a couple of years and I had honestly forgotten about it. And he, he reminded me, he came up, he's like, Hey Nate, I thought you said you were going to go be an Olympic bobsledder. What happened with that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, him, him calling me out, I had, I had to do something about it. So I walked into our, uh, our performance facility the next day and I had, uh, I had our trainer start writing me a program and I went after it and, uh, it's, it started out, I would go in early before work and I do my workout before I go and do P, team PT. And, uh, eventually I got good enough at it that let, they, they let me go and they let me have it and, uh, do it, do it as a job for a little while. You have definitely lived like the never quit mantra or attitude and the whole bit. And I love that article that I actually found. And, uh, when we talked on the phone and everything, you were like, man, that's like, that's it right there, you know, and it's been a long road, especially this past four years. Um, I started the sport back in 2012 and I, I tried really hard to make the 2014 Olympics. I didn't quite get there. Um, and honestly, after that happened, I, I kind of reevaluated things, you know, cause it took so much work and I didn't make it. Um, but I decided it was something I really wanted to, uh, wanted to do and wanted to accomplish. So over, over the next three years through deployments, 
uh, to Africa and Afghanistan. I, I just, I did everything I had to, to make it happen, whether it was working out at two in the morning when we got back off of teaching, teaching some indigenous forces for four days and sleeping in bug nets or, um, like doing, just, just doing whatever I had to, to make this, make this, you know, come true. And hopefully, hopefully it does. I'll find out in a couple of weeks, but, um, it, it wasn't easy. Uh, and there, there were, there were definitely some times where the easy way out would have been to just stop and not train or, uh, you know, just, just rest and, and give up on it. But, um, being here now and being so close to it and seeing that I, I might actually be able to accomplish it. It's, 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 it's such a big deal. And I'm so happy that I never gave up on it and I didn't quit on it. So it's, it's made not quitting, not quitting. Even, even when I didn't know if I'd get a chance made it, it's made a huge impact on my life and made a, a huge positive, uh, just change in my life, especially over the last couple of months. Yeah, when you start thinking about like the Q course and starting off even at that, that kind of sets the mentality, doesn't it, or sets the stage for that kind of never quit approach. Yeah. So, so actually, kind of, kind of what motivated me was there was there was one point in my life, like early on back in high school, where I did I kind of quit. Um, I grew up wrestling, and I was good enough. I should have been a state champion. I wasn't. Um, I was I was in a match with a guy who I was beating pretty easily, and uh, I got pulled over and got pulled on my back, and I was I was near the edge of the mat, and instead of fighting, you know, I kind of honestly I quit um, because I thought I was halfway off, I thought I was safe, and I didn't I didn't keep going, and at, at that point it was four years four years of high school was just done. It was you know one dream just died right there, and it was because I quit, and that kind of that that affected me. And uh, it, it motivated me really through everything else I did, like going through the Q course and going through this process. Um, it was a hard lesson to learn. Definitely yeah. A hard yeah. To learn. Um, but looking back on it, I'm, I'm glad I learned it. I wish I didn't have to. Um, I wish I just knew it from the, uh, from the beginning. But yeah, not quitting is, not quitting is huge. It's really huge. It can, it can make or break you, and it can be in just one moment. You know, it's definitely a mindset. It's uh, the whole attitude about you, you have to – it really begins with uh, you kind of taking an action and self-motivating. I mean, because if you don't actually look inside yourself and find that thing that's going to make it make it happen and you don't make it happen yourself, then you're not, you're not really going to be successful in it. Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, like you you know, you know, talk about your, your near miss in high school, but, you know, that's, that's the right place to – to experience that like once you get that bitter lesson of what that that internal failure feels like when you quit you know there's two kinds of people in the world there's kind of the kind of person that says okay this is going to shape the rest of my life and i'm going to have a, a can't do attitude and then there's the other type of person that it sort of creates like a, a fear and a drive in them and then they just never ever let themselves feel that way again you know i mean i think most of us have probably been through the, a similar experience i wasn't a state champion at anything but there were times when i was younger and you know, not a season and didn't know, and I might have quit. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's that's a good good story. I like that one. Good lesson to learn and the right time to learn it. Well, that's what yeah. I love dealing with SF guys and soft guys in general is that we take those lessons and we apply them. And that's one of the you know I've said it before on the show. It's one of the beautiful things about the Q course and Ranger course and you know any any kind of special operations training is that there are literally scenarios in which you cannot succeed and you're gonna fail and you're gonna 
you know, it's your inability to, or a lack of just desire to quit that drives you forward and makes you successful. So it's, it's being comfortable with failing because you failed enough in the training environments and in, and in life in general that you can bring those expert experiences to the training and utilize them effectively to never quit in the future. And it's, and it's a beautiful thing. No, I, I 100% agree. And I think, you know, if, if you go and you give it your 100% and you don't quit but you fail, you know, at least, at least for me, something happened, I, I would know that I gave everything I had and it, I, would, I would be fine with it. But it was, that, it was that moment back in high school. It's like I know down in my heart of hearts that I didn't, I didn't give it everything I had. And that's what haunted me. That, that just ate at me in it. You know, I'm, I, I'm a positive change. I hope other people. Damn, Paul is that, is that shots being fired or what? It's it's these Panamaniacs, man. Every night they blow off fireworks. Get out of here. There's no pattern to it. It might be midnight, it might be three AM. They just they're live it's a tropical paradise. Like all the ingredients for a pina colada grow on the trees. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, that's pretty laid back. Every night, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I Paul mean, the moved to the ghetto in right there. <laughs> yeah, we were I wondering. Did, actually, we thought you were back in the war zone or something there, man. What the hell? I was like, what? The, what is that? You know? Uh, yeah, it helps me sleep at night. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the things too that I found is that, and I don't know if you guys experienced the same thing, but sometimes when you set a goal that's too high and it's unrealistic, you're never going to achieve it, and you're going to continue to fail, and you get frustrated. So sometimes it's easier to set more uh, a long-term goal, but then short-term gating or... Uh, Sorry, wait. What was this setting a goal too high thing? What does that mean? I don't, I don't know that <laughs> no, I mean could as you, far as... you clarify that a little no, bit more? I don't, mean, uh, I don't mean like setting the goal maybe too high that it's so far that you can't achieve it. It's more of that it's not a, a, a short run or a sprint. It's a marathon. you got to take it in that type of perhaps sometimes bite-sized element. And that uh, well, expectation management. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I certify project managers for a living. And one of the things I always tell them is break your shit down into smaller pieces so that you can actually celebrate some victories because, you know, being a green beret, it's, it's literally celebrating the small steps and the small victories is sometimes and Rangers as well. I mean, right. I mean, anything that you can just look onto that one microscopic element and go, why did that thing well today? And some days when you have a real shit day, that's all you can look at and do that. But it's that, ability to look at the microscopic wins and go yep i'm still going forward i'm alive you know yes i'm in pain yes i'm sucking but i'm alive and i'm still breathing and there are many others that, that aren't so and, and that's what it is it's just making sure that you're you know managing expectations appropriately and setting goals but if you take a guy in this chat or in this call and it cracks me up by the way that nate is an olympic bobsetter hopeful and green beret comes on to talk <laughs> about high school wrestling but um you know it's it, it, <laughs> when you take a guy like that, that perspective is just world-class mm -hmm. and it's fantastic that you literally never fucking quit. Yeah. Bam. I think it's, I, you can't, you can't be afraid of failure. You know, I think I, I understand the analogy to some extent. It's sort of like you're flying too close to the sun, you know, like you still got to strap on your wings. You're probably going to eat shit and die, but you know, <laughs> you might get there this time, you know, and it's, I mean, Ranger selection, it's the same as SF selection. You know, you you keep on walking until they tell you to stop and pack your ruck and get out of there, you know, and you might be bleeding through your boots or you might think, you know, there's no way I can go on on my wobbly goat legs. But, you know, you can until they tell you you can't, you know, and not well, deselecting yourself is a big, it's a big deal. You know, you're 
doing the same thing, Nate. Yeah, no, I, de- I definitely think it helps to, to look at the shorter term a lot of the time. You know, look at like, hey, I want to finish this patrol tonight rather than, you know, two years down the road, I want my green beret. Because if you're looking two years down the road and you're just sitting there miserable and suffering that night, you know, that's that's a long way off. and You don't know if that's going to happen. So setting, setting yeah. those smaller little goals, you know, it gives, it gives you something right then and there. And eventually you find up, you know, they build up and you've, you, you make it, you make it to that big goal. Um, but definitely, definitely looking, looking far away, um, is, is definitely hard. And that's probably why after the 2014 games, when I didn't make the team, you know, I, I kind of thought about not going forward with it anymore is because I was looking, you know, at, at the, at the four year goal. You know, when you were talking about facing your fears and everything, but you also have to think about, uh, what you've got to lose. And, you know, in that case, is that loss or is that thing that you're thinking about, is that greater than your goal? Because sometimes I think sometimes so many people start facing their fears and looking at the things that, uh, could go wrong. And they actually put greater emphasis on that than what they do in achieving that. Well, other fears to justify their behaviors and their lack of progress. You know, they say, you know, well, hey, I don't want to join, you know, soft because they deploy too much or they're gone all the time and my marriage is rocky or whatever, you know, and I, I don't want to be that absentee dad. And, you know, I don't want to do this because of that. And they allow all these fears or, or excuses to get in the way. And, you know, like, well, I, I don't have that much time to do this. I can't do that because of X. And I'm like, you know what? Go away, dude. Like, I got this. You know, like, I, I don't I don't have that bone in my body at all. Yeah, I, th- I think if you, if you really want something, you can find a way to make it happen. If you want to go and you want to be a part of soft and you want to make your marriage work at the same time, you can, you know, you can be making those Skype calls at 2 a.m. when you get off a mission or, um, you know, if in, in my situation, I, I lift and weights at 2 a.m., you know, when I get off of a mission. It's if, if you really want something, you can find a way to make it happen or you can use fear and you can use excuses and uh and all that stuff and you can you can quit on it but then then you're gonna look back in 20 years and you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of regrets in my opinion no i think you're spot on everybody has some sense of regret over something throughout their life but you don't want it to be some major thing that uh really bugs you and um you know kind of festers inside you all the time i think it's important to know the measure of yourself you know, as a man or, or a woman or a soldier or whatever, whatever it may be that you're doing, you know, I take, I try to take failure that way too. You know I mean? Not everybody can be an Olympic hopeful. Not everybody can be a green beret. Not everybody can be, you know, a ranger. Not everybody can be a soldier, but if you go and you try, you're going to find, you know, reserves of strength that you've never tapped into. And you're going to know what you can and can't do. I mean, regardless of how much brawn you have or how much suck you can take, like, the biggest weapon you've got's up here, you know. So maybe you have to think your way through something else. Maybe you have to change course. But you know, it's it's part of. I have more respect for a man who tries and fails and accepts that he has limitations and then finds another way to strive and to do something great in another aspect. You know, I mean, that's just that's just life. You know, nobody nobody gets to do it all necessarily, and and you're not entitled to that. So it's important to figure that out. You know, where's the breaking point? It's like, I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard that you train to failure, not to perfection, you know, because you want to know where the breaking point is. so You know how far you can go. Yeah, And I, th- I think it doesn't really matter what you're doing in life as, as long as you're going and you're you're doing the best you can at it. Like what, what I'm doing sa- sounds great and looks great on paper and everything. But if if you're a fry cook at McDonald's and you're making the, the hottest, tastiest, best fries and that's what you're good at, then 
you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all the same thing. You're just, you're, you're being the best that, you know, what you're doing at the time. And I have, I have so much respect for people that do that. It does, it doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter if they're not a green beret or if they're not a ranger or Navy SEAL. If, if they're a, a pack clerk and S1 clerk, you know, if they're working and doing everything they can in, in that aspect, then I have just as much respect for them as I have for, you know, my brother on my right or my left who are doing the same things that I'm doing. You know, Amen. you talk about that never quit attitude as well. Uh, maybe you kind of share the story about Niger, about uh, the training in the, the summer, um, especially uh, the raid and everything, because uh, it, it was a pretty fascinating story with uh, temperatures exceeding over 120 degrees while you're still out there training. Oh yeah, it was uh, that. That was uh, that was quite the place to train for bobsled. Um, I think <laughs> there's lots of snow there, right? For the uh, in the summertime. Well, at a at like midnight or you know half past midnight or so, and it was still 104 degrees. Um, so we would we would actually wait every night until the sun went down because our gym was outside, and uh, if the sun was beating down on the bar, you couldn't go and touch that thing. Um, so we would we would wait till the sun went down. We would turn on the lights of the trucks and we'd work out at night. And it would still be hot, um, but at least it was bearable. And it was it was again it was just us finding a way to make it work. But that's that's the other thing, right? People who don't quit find a way. You know, like you said, you know, everybody else that's not doing the right stuff would well the bar's too hot. I can't work out, and that's their excuse of the day. And well, you know, I already put in 14 hours a day, and that becomes excuse of the day. And there's no excuses. If you want it bad enough, you don't even think about making excuses. You figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. hundred, hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with that. There, there are those guys who are like, well, I don't have, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time for X, Y, or Z. It's, it's, it's not, it's nothing but an excuse. If you wanted it bad enough, you could, you could find a way to make the time. You reprioritize something. Yep. But you just have different priorities. Maybe sitting on the couch is a bigger priority to you than, you know, going and getting in shape or, you know, what whatever it may be. Yeah. Well, in your case, one of the things uh, I was mentioning was when you were out there, I guess it was last summer in Nigeria, and you were doing the 40-yard sprints. And, uh, and all of a sudden, a gun started blasting and kind of startled you and knocked you down and everything uh, from an incoming mortar. Uh, that was Afghanistan. Oh, was it Afghanistan? Okay. That was Afghanistan. <laughs> and and uh, I guess you were still out there running the sprints while uh, while all the the hell was raining down. So so that was I actually I actually thought that was a pretty big uh, pretty pretty positive thing, and I got a lot of good training out of it. So, <laughs> yeah. so what happened? Was, the best split time ever. <laughs> I was, I was from Bagram and. Uh, one of one of the phalanx guns went off and it shoots a mortar out of the sky. Like I'm look, it, it went off right right close by me, and I'm I wasn't quite used to him going off so close. You see him going off across the base, and this thing is just loud as hell. And uh, I look up and I see an explosion up in the sky, maybe like 75 meters or so up above me, and I'm still just staring at it. And then little pellets start, you know, coming down. And it's it's nothing it's nothing that's hurting me or anything, but um. You know, at that point, I'm like, oh, holy shit, that thing was coming in close. I should probably stand up against the wall or something. And as I'm sitting there thinking this, my heart gets racing, my adrenaline starts going a little bit. And uh, I'm like, oh, man, I bet I could run really fast right now. I can't, I can't, I can't stop. I need, I need to make the most out of this. 
and uh and i kept running sprints and we had our we had the uplift guys uh we were the regular army guys who worked on a base coming around in their in their full kit and they looked at me and they're like sir sir what are you doing you know mortar just almost landed here and i looked at him and i'm like yeah i know you see how fast i'm running it's got me super <laughs> pumped up now so <laughs> Uh, that's a great story. I don't. I don't know. I would recommend that most people take it to that much of an extreme. Um, maybe, maybe that would have been an appropriate time, not necessarily quit, but to take a break for like thirty minutes. Tactical pause. Yeah. Tactical pause. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Who, who else would have been out there with all that going on, running sprints and trying to see because their heart rate's up, uh, how fast they can run? Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone else on a bobsled team would. That's that's for sure. So I'm I'm a little <laughs> unique in that sense. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's funny as hell. How long in total have you been in the SF and with Tenth Group? And uh, Mike was supposed to be on here, Mike Pritz, and he was a CSM at Tenth Group at that time frame, or at least I'm saying uh, several years ago. I think I actually mentioned it to you on the phone. I'm not sure if you know about Mike. No, I didn't. I I, I wasn't there for the time that Mike was uh, was CSM. I got there in 2010. Okay, like probably or so i was i was part of when we were just standing up the brand new fourth battalions uh back then so i've been in for for almost eight well seven and a half years now about tell us about some of the team members that you have on the bobsled team are all these guys uh, active duty or former veterans or are you the only guy that's representing them? there are a couple of other guys in the uh in the military um one of them, Chris Boat, he's a he's a uh, military intelligence captain. He's a great guy. Um, we got we've got two other members who are also part of the world class athlete program. Great program. Um, it gives it gives soldiers a chance to uh, go to the Olympics if they have if they have the talent to do it. Um, those guys are Nick Cunningham and Justin Olson. I actually got the uh, the chance to push with Justin last week, and he was actually the guy who I read about on the toilet. Oh, was years he? ago. Okay. Yeah. So getting getting to push with him um, on a World Cup race is a pretty big deal. Things are you know coming full circle, and it's it's really awesome. But yeah, we've we've got a couple military guys. Um, a lot of them just regular civilian guys. We've we've got a pretty good mix. We uh, we we can uh, learn a lot from each other's experiences um, on both on both ends. Justin, he's a he's a gold medalist. Um, oh, okay. And uh, and Chris is a bronze medalist from 2014. Um, so there's 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 a couple of uh, there's a couple of Olympic medals between those guys. Um, and then hopefully hopefully we can add some more here in a couple months. Um, so so the team still hasn't been named yet. We have two more races uh, on January 7th and on January 14th. We'll be we'll be doing our last two qualifying races for the Olympics. And, um, after that, they'll name the team and the opening ceremonies are February 9th. So if people want to go check that out, it's on the Olympic channel, or you can go to YouTube, check out bobsled and skeleton TV. Uh, they do the first heat here. They block out the second one because the other ones are on the Olympic channel. If you have that. Um, but it's, it's really cool to watch, to watch the more people that tune into bobsled, the better it is for us. Uh, as far as sponsorship and you know it's 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 just a cool thing to watch and we appreciate the support yeah man bobsledding and luge are those two things that uh, i really enjoy watching through the olympics of course is the high jump and everything uh, i forget what they call that the big slope where they they come down and do the long jump uh 
and, and have to bring their skis up to their nose. Uh, that's probably one of my uh, the favorites as well. Those three. Oh yeah, it's, it's the the winter the Winter Olympics is always is always a lot of fun to watch because everything we're doing is dangerous at least to yeah. some extent. You definitely have to have some intestinal fortitudes for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's you can you can always be looking for the high speed crash and uh, I I promise you we'll come close a couple times because we're <laughs> we're trying to push the limit. As I understand it now, is Softly one of your sponsors that you have, or who are some of the sponsors? Um, sponsors right now are, uh, you know, my previous deployments. I saved money on them um, in order to fund my seasons. I actually don't have any sponsors. The Softly guys were nice enough to send me some uh, some shirts and some uh, and some protein a little while back, and uh, you know that was that was great stuff. The uh, the, the recovery stuff they had. Um, for nighttime was great. Use that, use the protein, definitely made some gains off of it, but actually I'm pretty self-funded. So if anyone out there wants to, you know, reach out and, uh, may- maybe, uh, sponsor me a little bit, I would, I would greatly appreciate that. Yeah, no lie. I bet you would. So a lot of this stuff is actually having to come out of your own pocket then? Um, a little bit. So actually 10th group is, uh, is, is taking care of me pretty well right now. Um, yeah. They're making they're making sure my bills are paid and everything, and the uh, the command team, the sergeant majors and the colonels and uh, and everyone there um, has been incredibly supportive and, and made this possible for me. That's that's really cool to be able to have that kind of support, man, from your unit for sure. Uh, you, oh you know, yeah. You know, you think Amazing. back in the yeah, you think back in the seventies uh, and and eighties, there were a lot of people that you know we had the army boxing team, we had there were even football teams back in the sixties and seventies, and different sports and activities, and uh, there were even people that were assigned those those duties at recreation centers. And when you think about that time period, about how sports was very active within the military, and a lot of those people just trained primarily to go to the Olympics, you don't see that kind of stuff too much these days. And so it's really neat when you see something like this where you have the units that are uh, really kind of putting a rope around you guys and, and protecting and, and making sure that they're taking care of your family and yourself. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic, and I'm glad they see the value in what I'm doing, um, the, the knowledge that I'm gaining competing with other world-class athletes and everything is definitely something I, I think I'm going to be able to bring back to them. Um, and it's it's just that mindset of, you know, anything, anything to do with excellence, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, definitely pushed and, uh, definitely supported by, by our command team. So, you know, anyone out there who's, who's maybe in the military and thinking about making that leap, you know, it's, it's, it's a great thing to do. And, you know, if, if you don't necessarily make it, um, you know, as long as you don't quit, you can be happy with that. Um, but, for those that do, it's 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 a great opportunity. It's a great place to be, and uh, they're very they're very supportive of you know everything that makes you grow as a as a person, as a soldier, as you know as part of your career. So it's uh it's been really awesome. Yeah, I think that last lesson you just talked about, uh, as far as kind of never quitting and then having that support element, that's so important and key. Uh, whenever you're looking, no matter whether it's a like you were mentioning before, a job out in the private sector or something within the military that you're trying to accomplish, a goal like special uh, operations or whatever the case may be, a new uh, MOS, a new skill, whatever. It all goes down to the same thing, really. You know, if you if you find your passion or purpose and you end up uh, honing in on that and making sure that you set the right stride and understand that it's a it's a long haul and not uh, it's not about the short gain, it's about the bigger goals in life, and then surround yourself with those people who are going to be positive and help support you along the way, makes it a whole lot easier. 
Oh yeah, and even even when you're seeing some of those people who aren't necessarily as supportive of it, you know, you can't you can't let that sort of stuff discourage you because, you know, as as much good as there was, there you know there were some people who who didn't necessarily think uh, me trying to bobsled was the greatest idea. Um, but as as long as as long as you don't let them discourage you and you keep doing what you're doing and keep giving a hundred percent at it, eventually the right people will see it. The people that see value and the the people um, who who think it's great or, you know, eventually someone will see, see the great work you're doing. And, uh, you know, you'll make the breakthroughs. It just might, it just might not happen right away. It, it definitely didn't happen right away for me. So, you know, I just kept trucking. Eventually the right people saw it and were supportive of it. I'm sure you, you probably were seeking out people that were supportive or seeking out people that could push you physically as well. I and mean, there's an old saying in Rangers and NSF and probably regular army as well. Iron sharpens iron. And I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't it's great to see you doing the bobsled thing on an olympic level because you know that's when you start getting to the upper one percent and you're in, in in soft regardless of where you're at i mean you are the best of the best and you might be standing next to somebody who's a world-class athlete or a nationally ranked athlete you know and you're not the only one we got rangers in the nfl and you know things like that so you know i think it's awesome and i think it's important like if you don't if you want a goal like it yeah it's important to know like yeah you've got to dig deep and do it on you know you're going to be a man alone at some point, but, uh, you don't get there on your own, you know, and you know, you got to train with somebody and when you're not training, you got to have somebody to pick you up because you're drained or you're tired or you're sore or you just got out of the field or maybe you put your, your goal on the back burner, like you said, you know, and you had that, that leader who said, Hey, I thought you were going to be a bobsled guy and, you know, kind of called you out, you know, and that's probably, you know, I know the people have done that for me. There's, pushed me to do better or that, that I look up to, whether it's physically or mentally or, or whatever, you know, those end up being my closest friends and that ends up being my peer group. And I couldn't do the things that I can do without those people. You know, I, I write for a living now and I wouldn't be able to write if my best friend wasn't also a writer and he wasn't on the phone with me, you know, regularly saying, Hey, what are you writing about? What are you doing? Did you slack off this week? You know, I read the last thing you sent me and it was good. Or I read the last thing you sent me and it was bad. You know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You got to find that that support network too, because it's a lot easier to quit when you're a man against the world. You know, but if you got people relying on you, or you got some pride at stake, or a group of friends, you can't let down. You know, it's it, it's much different. It goes a lot further. Yeah, and the fact that you picked the team sport, I mean, that's uh, really good because you've got that kind of nucleus around you of people who are like-minded. Oh yeah, and it's 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 the same way on an SFODA. You've got. You know, no, no one else is obviously going and trying to be bobsledders, but you have so many people who are trying to, you know, go and just do so many excellent things. It's, it's, it's so easy to stay motivated and, uh, you know, look to those guys around you and be like, oh, well, well, Brian just went and he crushed dive school. He finished top of dive school or, you know, Kelly just went and he, he finished Sephardic or Travis is, is going to go ahead and he's going to take the team and lead them in Afghanistan. Um, and, and, and you just see that stuff. And, and uh, that's, that's really what motivates me is I see those guys and they're doing excellent things in other aspects. I'm, I'm just a little bit different in what I'm doing, but I want to, you know, kind of fulfill the same standard that they're setting for me and setting for everyone else that we have. And it's, it's, it's just great motivation being surrounded by those like-minded people who just want to go out and they, they want to be the best at whatever they're doing. Well, you feed off of one another, but you also hold each other accountable. 
And so that's the big thing, too. So if you're going to start setting different uh, or you're going to start setting high standards, each of you are going to start holding each other to a certain level of accountability. And, and that's something within a team or like you were talking about as well, Paul, when you find that individual that understands you and your makeup and what drives and pushes you. Um, those people are going to be the first ones to come to you and call you out. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when you're doing something, you know, like like you are, Nate, you're, you know, you're doing PT with your boys too when you're out in the field or when you're out on deployment. So, and I'm just going to take a guess, but you know, I'm certain there's times when somebody outruns you or they do a bigger lift than you or they in some way they're doing better than you, but they're like, Hey, I beat the the Olympic hopeful today. Right. You know, and that, you know, (laughs) when I would, you know, I'd look at guys that were, you know, nationally ranked athletes or, or whatever. Uh, they had some kind of something that set them apart, you know, and I would do better than that. Maybe it was just in a small area and I think, okay, you know, I, I can do this. You know, I beat that guy at this one thing today and it's not who's better than who, but it's more like it, it drives you to keep on and that's what you bring back to the team. So I don't know, man, it's a pretty impressive story. It's really freaking cool. Guys get actually yeah. an ODA with an Olympic hopeful. Every single team I've ever been on that, you know, at one, one guy will kick, you know, kick my ass in at least one aspect. I've never been, I've never been the best at any one thing. I've just, you know, had a had had great teammates who have you know pushed me throughout the years and uh, very thankful for that. Yeah, it's much harder when you try to motivate yourself and do it on your own. I mean, I know we talked about that a little bit earlier about you have to self motivate, but it sure makes it a whole lot easier when you're surrounded by like minded people that are holding each other accountable and pushing one another because they understand the struggle and the pain that you're going through. Um, or they're just somebody that just uh, likes the competition and, and wants to push you uh, to be that much better. And there's nothing wrong with that as well. You know, raise yeah, the bar. That's, that's the thing about Green Berets is during our selection process, you have you have the option to, you know, go back and, you know, go back to that never quit mindset. Is During selection, you have the option to quit at any time. You know, through the Q course, you can quit at any time. Uh, so when we, when we get there and we're not on an ODA, you get – all those same people who have that never quit mindset that that don't don't stop and don't give up on things. Yeah, most definitely. And and it's the same way in Ranger Bat. I mean, every day uh, you got to earn your living, you got to earn your keep. And if you're not in there putting a hundred percent in, there's going to be some other people that's going to call you out real quickly, and you're going to be the uh, the outlier for sure, standing in the group, and people are going to recognize that. If you're a slow guy on the morning run, you're going to hear it. And some days you're the slow guy. And you have to hear that until the next run and you get to not be the slow guy. Yeah. So, right. You know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, the same in like say a Navy SEAL uh, team room or whatever, except they're, they're probably motivating each other to style their hair correctly. I was gonna and, say. And, <laughs> and pick the right sunglasses, that sort of thing. Yeah. What, bu- what book they're going to write now, of course we're picking on uh, Paula at this point, but uh, yeah. Or, <laughs> What guest speaking uh, engagement will they have when they come back from uh, their deployment? Or you know, they're 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 concerned about who has the best tan on the trip or who who has the best man bun at the time. And uh, you know, it, it it would probably motivate me to get in the sun more or grow my hair faster. But you know, what not I took, but it's it's all the same thing. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Hey, man, how, how is it that some of the people can follow you if they want to keep up with all this going on? I know you're a lot on social media. Uh, if you can kind of give the, the folks what social media handles you have, where they can find you. Um, you mentioned the website earlier, but what are some of the ways that if they want to follow just you, Nate, uh, what are the ways that they, they can do that? 
Um, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm the same handle across all social media platforms. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram and, uh, on Facebook, um, at Nate Weber actual. So N A T E W E B E R actual. And, uh, that's, that's how you find me post, post a lot of, uh, a lot of pretty crazy stuff on Instagram. The best is yet to come. Um, well, that's good to so. know. For anyone out there that wants to wants to tune in and see some you know some bobsled some army stuff and uh, also a little bit of the craziness that that is me you know go ahead and give me a follow I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, not only that, but maybe you'll have some sponsor after listening to this that'll actually reach out to you uh, through the same uh, mechanism and uh, make you a good offer. Oh yeah, you know go go ahead and go ahead and slide on into those DMs. I you know I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll write back. <laughs> And Paul, uh, we didn't mention on air and everything, but uh, earlier in the show we were talking about your book. And so, when is it that you expect for that to be available for purchase, and where is it that people are going to be able to find it? So it's available now for pre-order on Amazon. Just go to Amazon, type in uh, "When the Killer Man Comes." Uh, can you see that? There's my book cover. So you'll see that. You'll see my name, Paul Martinez. You can pre-order now, and it'll release on July 17th, uh, 2018. Um, and then you can follow me on Instagram at Billy Badass. 375 or on facebook at billy badass 375 awesome sounds good trying to keep it humble yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'll be be sure to give you a follow right away (laughs) Uh, sounds good good too everyone that's listening should too yeah no doubt nate man have a a great uh holiday and uh look forward to uh to seeing you on the tube man hope everything uh, in both tubes for that matter hope everything works out well for you Thank you very much, and Merry Christmas to everyone. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas, brother. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio. Hey everyone, Robert here. I love supporting veteran-owned companies and Mentors for Military recently partnered with Skeleton Optics to offer a 10% discount to our listeners. That's right, 10%. These aren't your regular run-of-the-mill sunglasses, by the way. The frames are handcrafted in Italy with Zeiss Vision lenses. Use the code MENTORSFORMIL or MENTORS4MIL at SkeletonOptics.com and you'll receive your 10% discount automatically at checkout. Hurry up and get on over there to support a veteran-owned company.